Hello again, friends. Good morning, everyone. It's time to get in the zone with Bartow Sports Zone, your source for local coach interviews, local sports news, personalities, information, and local sports talk. I'm your host, Charles Wilson. I'll be joined today by members of the Bartow Sports Zone Pitch Warmers a little bit later on. And today is the 300th episode of Bartow Sports Zone. We'll visit with our statewide high school basketball analyst, Kyle Sandy of sandyspill.com. And we'll also visit with Georgia Highlands College baseball coach, Dash O'Neill. In the second hour, we'll talk about the Cass Wrestling State Championship, update some local high school basketball, and touch on a variety of national sports topics. So we hope you'll stick around for the next couple of hours. We're glad that you joined us. And we remind you that you can always find us online at BartosportZone.com. That's where you'll find your daily dose of local sports news and updates. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BartosportZone. And our free podcast downloads are available wherever you download your podcast. Just search for Zone Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. And we want to jump right to our opening guest of the day. Mr. Kyle Sandy, our statewide high school basketball analyst from sandyspill.com. He's a longtime regular on Bartow Sports Zone. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Charles. Congratulations. 300 episodes. That's amazing. This is an honor to be on here with you this morning. Yeah, we do about uh, about 30 to 33 per year. Kind of depends on how the calendar falls. There's some uh, extra podcast pushed in there in between sometimes with the radio show. Uh, so uh, we, we're at the 300 mark now in our ninth year. So uh, welcome back to the zone. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell us, first of all, a little bit about your spring showcase that's coming up. Uh, I believe it's on Sunday, March the 17th at Gainesville High School. Yes, sir. That is correct. I will have the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. This will be the third year, like you mentioned, March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day, if I'm not mistaken. We will be at Gainesville High School. It is an individual player showcase camp uh, for classes of 2024 through 2028. So seniors this year, uh, all the way up to uh, rising freshmen for next year. Uh, just a camp to play in front of college coaches, get some hands-on coaching experience uh, with some good coaches in attendance. You will go through gameplay, you will go through uh, skill stations, and it's just a, a good opportunity to get some exposure out there for yourself heading into travel ball season, which I know starts earlier and earlier. Every player that attends has a player evaluation which they will get for free and then also of course you can purchase a t-shirt you can get a highlight video just a lot of different opportunities uh, to kind of get your name out there before the travel ball season starts boys and girls girls starts at 10 a.m boys starts at 4 p.m last year the girls sold out with over 80 participants boys side was very big as well with over 50 participants so just a good opportunity to get involved and get seen and uh just kind of, you know, shake off the rust. If you got eliminated during your high school season, uh, you're ready to get back out there with some more gameplay right before travel ball season starts. Well, Kyle, I know uh, at Gainesville High School, they're the red elephants, but I hope on St. Patrick's Day, you have green t-shirts for the for the showcase. That's a good idea. I probably need to go out and do that, get some <laughs> shamrocks on those t-shirts as well. There you go. Well, share with our listeners uh, how to reach all of your detailed information on high school basketball in Georgia. Yes, online at sandyspiel.com. That is S-A-N-D-Y-S-S-P-I-E-L.com. Uh, also on Twitter or X, however you want to call it, uh, Kyle Sandy 355 and Sandy Spiel on Twitter and Instagram. All your information will be there, as well as the links for registration and more details on the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. I know you've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, I've been following and know that you've covered a lot of the state already. Uh, we're now headed down the home stretch of the regular season. If you could tell us one girls tournament out there to watch and one boys region tournament in any classification, uh, you know, if you could only pick one, which one would you pick for girls and which one for boys in any classification and why? 
Oh gosh, that's so hard to just narrow it down uh, to one. But I guess maybe if you're talking about seeing very good basketball, very competitive uh, on the girls' side, how about Region Three in Class Seven A? That includes North Paulding, who's been ranked all year, McEachern, who's been ranked all year, and the Marietta girls, who's been a surprise team, uh, extremely competitive, and are going to be very, very good over the next. Uh, four or five years once this uh, eighth grade class comes up. Hillgrove's in there, very tough. And Harrison, a lot of those teams have been ranked throughout the season. Very good competitive region uh, and somewhat fairly local to the Bartow uh, area. So not too bad to get out and watch that wherever that's going to be held. And then on the boys' side, I think maybe the most competitive one, uh, at least on paper, Region 2 in Class 5A. You're talking all these teams have been ranked at some point, mind you. Dutchtown, Eagles Landing, Jones County, Warner Robins, who was averaging over 95 points per game in their last six wins heading into this week. And then, of course, Union Grove, a team that's some, sometimes a dark horse but still has some talent. I think that's a really good region to keep an eye on on the boys' side. Yeah, there's always plenty of excitement uh, come region tournament time. I know my uh, brother coached down in that uh, – uh, area around the outskirts of Macon, and boy, you talk about athletic uh, teams. There are plenty of athletes in that uh, part of the state, Kyle. Yeah, that is very true, especially you get that, like you said, Macon area and then South Georgia. Football athletes all over the place are dual sport guys. They're jumping out of the gym. They're playing aggressive, a lot of good defense. And the best part about that is uh, those gyms are often very packed. Sometimes they're the only show in town, and everybody loves to go out and support the community, support those kids. Uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be in the area uh, today and tomorrow as well, seeing some basketball uh, at Dublin and then over at Dodge County. So I'm really excited to check out the atmosphere and see some really good teams uh, as well. And you're absolutely correct. Always plenty of atmosphere uh, in those gymnasiums. We're going to take our first time out of the morning, and we'll come back to talk about some local basketball and the local races with Kyle Sandy. Stick, stick around, please. Do you see yourself traveling, working part-time, or moving someplace warmer when you retire? Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, wants to help make your retirement goals a reality. He can help you figure out where you are today and how to get where you expect to be. Working together, you can plan for what you want and be ready to take on anything unexpected along the way. Call Derek at 770-386-4545 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones, Member SIPC. Keep your property in top-notch shape this season with a new Husqvarna mower from Elite Stone Supply. With all your residential and commercial mower needs, Elite has zero-turn and riding models in all price levels. Check out the robotic mowers, too. Come explore all the Husqvarna mower options at Elite Stone Supply. Across from Racetrack at 9 Baker Road, just north of Cartersville on US 41, call 770-387-3007 on Facebook and online at EliteStoneSupply.net. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here, visiting with Kyle Sandy of SandySpill.com, talking some high school basketball on your Friday morning. Kyle, let's uh, focus on our local hope, uh, hoop scene. Both of the Adairsville teams, the girls and the boys, are hanging tough toward the top of the Region 6 AAA standings. On the girls' side, Cahula Creek and LFO are ahead of the Lady Tigers right now. But have you seen any of those three teams to evaluate strengths and advantages? Yeah, so uh, obviously I, I've seen Adairsville on the boys' side, and I know they've battled with some some injuries, especially early on in the season, but it sounds like they've been getting healthy. Zach Bustel's back. Uh, Gabe Gomez has emerged as a really good three-point shooter, uh, and they're on a six-game winning streak. I haven't seen Coal Creek boys play, but on the girls' side, I have seen Coal Creek girls play, and that's a team that uh, doesn't have a ton of huge size. They have a, about a 5'9 forward named Aubrey Langley inside that plays pretty well. Caroline Reed, whose older sister Brinkley Kate Reed is a freshman at Truett McConnell, 
who's playing very well. Uh, she's a nice little role player that can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, shoots the three pretty well. Um, I think for Koala Creek to beat Adairsville, they are going to have to space the floor and hit some outside shots. They do get some good corner three opportunities. And then LFO girls, uh, I actually had them at two of my events this year. The Collins girls, uh, very tough. You have to stop Kristen Collins, and then Crystal Collins is very good as well. Uh, that's really kind of a two-man show over there. So if the Adairsville girls can kind of corral them, keep um, uh, Kristen and Crystal Collins from getting to the foul line a lot because they love to slash and get to the basket, I think Adairsville girls will have a good chance to beat them. Over on the boys' side, you did mention <clears throat> Adairsville dealing with the injuries, and of course, they're dealing with the devastating loss of Trey Winters to knee surgery. He's out for the year, and that's a, been a tight boys' race. And uh, tonight, those two boys' teams, Adairsville and Cahula Creek, they go head-to-head. Lafayette's right there in the mix as well. And the challenging part of all of that, the first-place boys' team in that region gets to host the region tournament. So big game tonight at Adairsville. Yeah, that's massive. And to hear that Trey has been – uh, you know, got that knee surgery and everything. That's a huge blow, but you got to give Coach Disbrow and everybody on that staff credit that they're they're right in the fight, you know, just second place right now, even without your star player. But uh, they played really well uh, with a lot of guys starting to step up. So good for the Tigers. Over to Region 7-5A, that includes three of our local schools, Cartersville, Cass, and Woodland. On the girls' side, uh, this might be as wide open as any region in the state with Cartersville, Calhoun, and Dalton currently tied at the top. Yeah, Cartersville has a good shot. You know, Cartersville girls, they came into the season ranked fairly highly. They dropped out quickly, but they're starting to find their footing, it feels like, especially in that region. The girls are sitting at 11-9 and nine overall, 4-1, and one, and a three-way tie for first place in the region. Uh, Caitlin Arnold's having a good season, leading the team in scoring close to 12 points per game. Um, Dalton, that's another team that they're, you know, really chasing who's had some injuries. But Grace Ridley, who's signed to play at North Georgia, she missed a big chunk of the season early on, but she's back healthy and is just a double-double machine. And then Calhoun, Calhoun on the girls' side really, really struggled to start the year, but they have found their footing as well, and they're playing much better. Um, so like you mentioned, it's going to be a wide-open uh uh, event you got you got Cass in there that's still dangerous Hiram's always tough so it will be a really good region tournament yeah I'm glad you mentioned Cass and Hiram Cass uh has won two in a row in the region now so they're kind of easing back into the race and they go head to head with Cartersville tonight that's a game we'll have uh, on WBHF Hiram uh seems to have uh struggled a little more than normal that's uh Cass and Hiram struggling that's usually the two teams toward the top with Calhoun and uh they're they're battling along uh trying to get back into that mix on the boys side uh there's just been a tremendous number of really close games except when those other five teams play Hiram yeah and Hiram got off to such a slow sluggish start this year everyone was wondering what's wrong with Hiram but they're they're hitting their stride now they're only 11 and 7 overall but they're the only team above 500 with a, a winning record above 500 overall in that region seven play. So they have emerged as a team to beat. But you see Cartersville, they're sitting there four and one in the region in second place, just eight and 11 overall. But uh, they're starting to beat some teams. Cass, one and three in the region, five and 10 overall. Jaden Foster is a really good guard, though, averaging 14 points per game. And I remember when I got on the radio with you before the season and I said, Woodland, Woodlands, you know, they might not be a state playoff team, but I think they're getting closer and closer to being more and more competitive. And Coach Kip Dyer's done a nice job um, with that squad over there. The Wildcats are one and four in the region, but they're seven and 12 overall. Breelish Williams is a really good player. Uh, Zion Heath is tough as well. So, you know, it might not be pretty record wise, but uh, Woodland, you got to strap up every time you play them. They're playing teams down to the wire. Yeah, that's going to be a really competitive uh, region tournament. And, of course, Cartersville is the host site for that tournament this year. So uh, folks here in town will get an opportunity to see uh, that action. A lot of close games, uh, several one-point and three-point games uh, already played in the regular season in that region. Well, I'm going to kind of jump uh, past some of the things we prepared you for, Kyle and uh, ask you about any big surprises that are out there, maybe teams uh, 
that were not on your radar in November, but have produced really well at this point of the year? Yeah, sure thing. There have been some really nice stories uh, on the boys' side. Decula up in 7A, they've come out of really nowhere. First-year head coach Derek Herbert over there has done a very nice job of getting Decula back on the map. They've been in the top 10 for a couple weeks now. Pope has been really good with Pat Abney, one of the best coaches in the state. They have Zach LaShore. They're playing very well. Cambridge boys, they have just jumped into the poll this past week. That's a team that has been slowly building for years now. And then Tombs County, a really nice story in two-way. I will see them on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they are like in person. And then lastly, on the girls' side, Marietta has been very, very tough. We mentioned them earlier, just a really young team with Cayenne Senior, a freshman, having one of the best freshman seasons in the state. And then Green Forest girls, they have a whole new roster. It feels like they get that sometimes. A bunch of 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six girls, tough to beat in Class A Division Two with that type of size. So Green Forest and Marietta, two surprises on the girls' side. Well, Kyle, we only got to a fraction of the things we planned on talking about. Uh, it always goes very quickly with you. But I want to give you this uh, final minute here to kind of tell us one more time about your showcase and how we can find you online. Yes, sir. The Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School. You can find information on that event at sandyspiel.com or at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. An individual player showcase camp. Come get some skill work done, gameplay. Uh, we start girls at 10 a.m., boys at 4 p.m. Opportunity to play in front of college coaches, break off the rust, and prepare for travel ball season. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you again for joining us. We'll talk to you again real soon once we get the state tournament started. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. And again, congratulations. 300 episodes. That is no small feat, sir. Thank you very much. That's Kyle Sandy from sandyspill.com. Man, I loved playing high school sports growing up. And it's fun being a fan now, don't get me wrong, but sitting in the stands feels like I'm missing out on all the action, you know? I wanted to get back in the game, so I signed up to be a high school official. It takes me back to my playing days. I'm supporting students, and I get paid to make the big calls. Do you want to see the game up close? Sign up to become an official in Georgia at highschoolofficials.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here, along with Alan Sanders back in the WBHF studios, keeping things going this morning for BSZ. We want to thank Kyle Sandy of sandyspill.com for catching up with us this morning and uh, filling us in on some of the high school basketball notes around the state of Georgia and taking a look at some of the local teams here in Cartersville and Bartow County. Thank him for joining us in that opening half hour. And now we welcome in our second guest of the morning, Dash O'Neill. He's the baseball coach of the Georgia Highlands Chargers. Good morning, coach. Good morning, Charles. How you doing? Doing very well. Glad to have you with us here on The Zone and Bartow Sports Zone on WBHF. Uh, catch us up with yourself a little bit before we get to baseball. Tell us about you, the family, and how things have been going in the offseason. Uh, well, going really well. Um, you know, we just uh, we just had a, a great Christmas uh, season, and and um, you know, really got to enjoy about a about a three week break, and and um, you know, spent a lot of time with the family, and and I've got three sons, and you know, one of them's in high school, the other two are are uh, still in elementary school, so you know, just enjoying them and spending time with them, and uh, really proud of my my middle son Jimmy, who we call Braveheart. Uh, who had a uh, a major heart surgery just over a year ago and and has recovered uh, very very well from that and is uh, is going strong and and so uh, yeah doing really well. Well, glad to hear it and uh, glad to get you back on here on Bartow Sports Zone and uh, uh, we'll get to it in just a moment. But some new digs we'll talk about here in uh, just a few minutes. Yeah. Last year, 33 and 21, I believe. Uh, that's coming off back-to-back 40-plus win seasons. Also, only 13 and 12 in the GCAA. 
Uh, it really was not a typical Chargers year as I uh, look back on it. So I'm guessing there's been a little extra motivation maybe in your preparations in the fall and this offseason. Yeah, you know, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, probably about 80% of the teams in the country would be real excited if you told them they were going to go <laughs> 21, but um, our expectations are very high and, and um, you know, baseball's a funny game and sometimes it doesn't go the way that you want it to. And, and so uh, still a good season and, and we were able to accomplish a lot with the guys that we had, but uh, we just weren't quite able to, uh, uh, to, to push it through in some games. And, you know, we lost a bunch of the close ones instead of winning them. And that's usually the difference between whether or not you, you put up 40 or, you know, 40 plus wins or whether you put up, you know, 33, 34, like we did. So uh, yeah, this season, there's, there's a, a lot of motivation and we got a lot of new faces and, and um, had a great fall and performed really well. And so, uh, you know, we feel pretty good about it. Well, tell our audience a little bit about the fall preparation. I know uh, you often pick up a, a few contests here and there, but a lot of, uh, uh, preparation just with the team and within the roster and talk about how you bring those guys in uh, for the beginning of the school year and, and what goes on in the fall. Well, you know, we're allowed to start on August 10th. Um, and uh, prior to that, you get eight hours a week of voluntary contact. And so, um, you know, we, we ask our guys to come in on a voluntary basis starting around August 1st and, and, we use those eight hours when we can. And, and uh, really what we do is we spend about four weeks just trying to get them accustomed to the system and, and teach them the way that we do things and how we practice and how we go about it. And so August is really about just sort of teaching them the fundamentals, teaching them how we do things. Uh, September is about practicing it and intersquad it. And then we compete against other people all, all through October and uh, play a really strong uh Ball schedule played uh, Georgia Gwinnett College, uh, Tennessee Wesleyan. Those are two of the top five NAI schools in the country. Reinhardt, who's got a great program, is a top twenty school. Columbus State, uh, shorter university up in Rome, um, and uh, we really challenge ourselves against some some high quality opponents. And this year we did really well. We went seven three and one. Very good. So a good solid fall as you prepare for the schedule that's uh, just around the corner as we speak. Roster losses from last year. Uh, talk a little bit about some players who you had in the program but uh, have maybe now moved on to other programs and situations. Uh, well, we had another year where 100% of our sophomores received opportunities to continue their career to play at four-year schools. So um, if I list them all off, it'll probably take too long. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hudson Sapp has moved on to the University of Houston. Um, he uh, he had a tremendous year, hit 380 with, you know, uh, double-digit homers and, and was a, a big player for us. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, he just he just led a bunch of faces that that have moved on and that did a great job. We we hated to lose Adam Love and, and Parker Poteet and Mitchell Walker and Zade Brannigan and um, you know and a lot of those guys that that have been stalwarts here for the last couple of years. Yeah, those had become uh, very familiar names in the program and uh, very successful while they were with you at Georgia Highlands with the Chargers. And of course, uh, the program, as we mentioned, has been extremely strong. And uh, I guess typically out there, the other coaches around the GCAA, they look at uh, you guys and uh, as one of the teams to beat year in and year out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what we're striving for, you know, and uh, we always want to be in that conversation. And uh, I feel I feel like uh, we are. And, you know, this is just another opportunity for us to go out and compete. And you know, you're not going to win 45 games a year, you know, and, and uh, you can't do that kind of stuff every single season. And, um, you know, but I'm excited for what lies in front of this team. We had a great fall. This is a, a really strong group. And, and I think, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of our 21, 22 teams. He's Coach Dash O'Neill, baseball coach of the Georgia Highlands Chargers. We're going to take a quick break here on Bartow Sports Zone. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the new facility out there for Georgia Highlands and talk about this year's schedule of games. Stay with us.
sponsors of the Elite Athletes of the Month. Elite Stone Supply at Baker Road and US 41 North is your local authorized Husqvarna dealer. See Elite for all your landscaping needs. And check out the inventory of mowers, tillers, trimmers, and blowers. Need pine straw, mulch, sand, topsoil, rocks, or landscaping boulders? How about cultured or natural stone? Elite delivers with tons of options. Across from Racetrack, just north of Cartersville, on Facebook and at EliteStoneSupply.net. Whether you love them or can't stand them, surprises are part of life. Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, can help you get ready for whatever life throws your way. He'll work with you to meet your changing needs and to help you end up where you want to be. And while there's never a good time to experience unexpected costs, Derek can help make them feel a little less unexpected. For an appointment, call Derek Strange at 770-386-4545. Edward Jones, Member SIPC. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Dash O'Neill, the baseball coach of the Georgia Highlands Chargers. Coach, uh, let's give you a, an opportunity to talk about the help that you have this season. Tell us about your coaching staff, what they bring to your program, and their specific responsibilities. Yeah, well, I'm actually, it's really exciting. Um, I've got two assistant coaches this year. They're both brand new, uh, but they are just doing an amazing job. Um, James Williams came to us from University of South Alabama and, uh, and Georgia. Uh, prior to that, uh, he's serving as our pitching coach and our recruiting coordinator. And he just brings a ton of of energy and and really does a, a great job with the staff and and so far I've been extremely impressed with the work that he's done and, and both on the recruiting side um you know and just getting our pitchers ready to go and and then uh our other assistant is Dalton Cash uh he comes to us from Young Harris um and uh and man if I could grow a coach in a lab uh you know I would <laughs> grow Dalton um, he just is a, is a hard nosed guy and he works really hard and, and anything you ask him to do, you know, he just pours, you know, everything of himself into. So I think our players are really fortunate that, uh, uh, that we've got these two guys on board and that's not to say that my, every assistant I've had has been amazing here. Um, and, and so it's just been a real blessing to be able to get, uh, you know, two more guys that are, that are really good. Well, you have to be excited to finally get into your new on-campus facility. Tell us uh, a little bit about the features it provides for you and uh, what advantages does it give you over the use of the fields out at Lake Point? Well, we're just so blessed. I mean, this is, um, you know, when I when I got the job at Georgia Highlands, you know, a lot of people told me that, you know, we'd never have a field and, and uh, you know, and, and that this would never happen. And fortunately, um, you know, we have just been blessed and somebody decided to come along and, and, and change that for us. And, and it has made such an incredible difference in the lives of our players and their experience here. It's, uh, you know, on the baseball side, it's a 500 seat capacity stadium. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it's a all artificial turf surface, um, from Shaw. Uh, so, I mean, the, 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 playing surface itself is perfect um you know we've got a a huge covered indoor hitting facility over there and and so just having these facilities and having the ability to schedule when we want schedule how we want um to be able to adjust practice times if needed uh is massive but really the big thing is is players can come out and they can work on their own and they have a place to call home and so we've we've played a lot of home games in program history, but we've never played at home. And so it's just exciting to, to finally be able to play at home, have a place that's ours, um, you know, and, and I'm just so grateful that uh, we've been able to, to, to see this happen and that our players get a chance to experience it. Well, we're excited for you. I know that uh, softball's facility is right there next door so there's a little bit of sharing if you will that's going on between those two programs uh and i know that uh alan told me this morning that wbhf is planning on uh, broadcasting uh your opening day that's coming up next week so uh we will 
have an opportunity to get part of the crew out there to take a look at the new digs. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll be great. And um, yeah, softball, you know, I don't even know that I would call it share. And obviously we're just going to work together like we always have. And, and uh, that's made a little bit easier because our new head softball coach is uh, my former assistant, uh, Tucker Hughes. And so he and I have a great relationship and it's, it's been a very easy uh, process to work with him and, and uh, make sure that both of our teams have the time that they need to use uh, the, uh, the covered facility. Yeah. And we'll have coach Hughes on the show next week, I believe. So uh, we'll get a chance to catch up with them as they begin their season as well. well we've got a, just a few minutes left. We want to talk about some key ingredients on your roster for this season. Tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, some of the arms that you have and some of the key hitters in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a really deep club this year. This might be the best pitching staff I've ever had. Um, Oliver Wood is back. He had a tremendous year last year. He just is a an elite strike thrower and, and um, you know, fills up the zone and and Chandler Anderson was an all-conference closer uh we're looking for him to step into the starting rotation this year and and you know those two will be joined by Tripto Val and Michael Sharman who both had really good falls uh and and you know I just I have huge expectations for those guys um and then we got about six other guys behind them that probably could be in the rotation and and those guys will will fill in the middle of the games and, and bridges to the end and um, you know, get us to Logan Spivey and Hunter Ward and Barrett Eldridge and Skylar Thelman, who are going to be our back end guys that uh, I think are, are uh, you know, all very, very capable. So it's going to be exciting to see what this pitching staff can do. And then on the offensive side of it, we've got Ryan Weidman back. He was an All-American as a freshman, um, just is one of the best pure hitters I've ever had and probably the most confident player um, I've ever had. Got uh, about a minute, coach. Yes, sir. Um, I'll try to wrap it up here in a minute. But, uh, I mean, I just think we have a great club. You know, we've got a freshman shortstop, third baseman that are as good as anybody we've ever had. And, uh, you know, so expect big things out of Luke Orphy and Grayson Godby. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good year in Cartersville. Well, we're excited for you. Um, I know uh, I glanced at your schedule. It looked like uh, maybe 30 of the first 32 games are at your new facility. Yeah, yeah, we've always been blessed to be able to play a lot of home games because even at Lake Point, we were playing on turf. Um, so people want to come and, and play where they're not going to get rained out. And, um, you know, so we were able to work that out again. And uh, that's uh, that's a, a huge benefit to our guys. They can sleep in their own beds and eat their own food and, and uh, come play, play at our ballpark. 20 seconds, Coach, of conference competition. Who's the team to beat out there besides you guys? Um, you know, everybody in our conference is strong, you know, does a great job at South, you know, ABAC's going to be hungry because they're transitioning out. Uh, Andrew's coming off a World Series appearance, you know, and Easton Gordon are, are going to want to jump up and, and catch us. He's Dash O'Neill, head coach of the Georgia Highlands Chargers. Thanks, coach. Thank you. I love playing sports, especially for my school. And that's because school sports are special. It's where it's safe to fail. It's where we're taught resilience, where our fear becomes confidence. It's where we learn to get back up after every fall. School sports are where 7.8 million students go from I can't to I can. This message presented by the GHSA and the Georgia Athletic Directors Association. Good morning, friends. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here, along with now David Coleman and Brad Stevens on the Zoom connection, and Alan Sanders back in the WBHF studios. We want to thank our sponsors, Elite Stone Supply and Derek Strange of Edward Jones Investment for joining us each week to help bring you Bartow Sports Zone. And we also want to thank our guests, from the opening hour this morning, Kyle Sandy and Dash O'Neill. Kyle Sandy of SandySpill.com and Dash O'Neill of the, the Georgia Highlands Chargers baseball team will be following the Chargers throughout the year on BartosportZone.com. We want to turn our attention in just a moment to our local sports roundup, but first I want to 
get David and Brad on the line here. Good morning, David Coleman. Good morning, sir. And congratulations. Glad to have you with us this morning. Congratulations on your 300th show, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. 300 episodes now of Bartow Sports Zone. Brad Stevens on the Zoom connection as well. Good morning, Brad. Good morning and a happy 300th to you, Charles. It's been a long road, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. We, uh, Brad and I go all the way back to uh, the other station, if you will, uh, that's no longer in uh, in uh, Cartersville, but uh, we are happy to be with WBHF and uh, been here now for, I think, the last eight years. And, of course, Alan back in the studio. Alan, jump in here. Of course, you've been at the helm for us uh, for all of that ride. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, having a good time with Bartow Sports. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, the local scene saw a state championship last weekend. Congratulations to our, all of our local wrestling teams that qualified for the state duels championship. Adairsville qualified in class 3A and went one and two to place tied for ninth in their classification. Woodland went four and one and placed third in class 5A. The Wildcats made the championship bracket semifinals, but lost to Ola in a very close match in the semifinals. They then went on to win two matches in the consolation bracket uh, to finish third in the state. And then finally, congratulations to Cass on winning the Class 5A state championship. The Colonels won four in a row. They beat Harris County, Coffee, number one seed and host Jefferson. And then they beat Ola in the finals in a match that went all the way down to the final bout. Uh, and we're going to get some more information to you about that. I interviewed Cass coach D.L. Kuntz on Sunday afternoon for the Bartow Sports Zone podcast. We've pulled a clip from that that, Alan, I'll ask you to have ready for us. Uh, the podcast has the full interview if you want to go back and check that out. But uh, we're going to have a clip here in just a second. But I want to set it up. The championship match with Ola came down to the final bout with a first-year wrestler, Wyatt Harris, on the mat for the Colonels. Uh, Cass was leading by three points at the time, so an Ola win in that bout would have tied the match and sent it to a criteria decision. Uh, an Ola win by a major or a pin would have given Ola the state championship. That's how close it was. Let's hear what Coach Kuntz had to say. And then finally, Wyatt Harris, we had gotten pinned by Joseph Martin of Ola back in at the end of December when we wrestled them at the Gorilla Duels, but he had gotten caught. So we thought that was a very winnable match. And I mean, back and forth, you know, it's tied 3-3, go to overtime. And sure enough, you know, another first year wrestler who's done a great job this year for us, you know, he comes in, he works, and he ends up sealing the deal without us having to go to criteria. The fact that, you know, you end on a first-year kid getting a little redemption, you know, off of a match he lost before, and then obviously on the biggest stage for most of the team in the state finals, was it was really special. How long do you get to celebrate this title, and how soon does your group go back to work? Well, pretty much we'll end celebrations after today, and we will get back to work on Monday. Again, I mean, I've got guys that have got almost 40 matches in for the season, and I really never want to wrestle that until maybe the state tournament. They, some guys may be getting to 40 at that point. But, you know, losing seven bona fide studs last year, we had to get a lot of duels in, so uh, they are definitely well-wrestled. So I'm going to give the varsity off Saturday and Sunday. I mean, we'll practice Monday through Friday. So they actually took a couple of days off after winning the state championship to go right back to work. I will tell you that in that interview, Coach Coots went on to thank his assistant coaches, his administrators, and the team parents, fans, and the community for supporting them all season so far. Uh, they had a sheriff's escort back to the school and an impromptu celebration party waiting on the team when they got back to campus uh, last Saturday. So uh, congratulations to Coach Coots another state championship for a local team and another state championship for Cass. That's their fifth, I believe, since 2006. Brad, I know you've spent quite a bit of time around the Cass wrestling program, even this year. Uh, Coach Kuntz and that staff, they just keep outperforming expectations. Oh, absolutely. Uh, really not shocked by it at all, to be honest. It shocked a lot of other people. It didn't shock me. Uh, these guys work incredibly hard. 
up there uh, perfecting their craft. And, you know, they wrestled in a lot of really tough duels in state and out of state. And people were saying, oh, they didn't win anything. They never won any of these tournaments. Well, they were just sharpening themselves for these state tournaments that are coming up. And that's what happened. I mean, they have been wrestling hard for a couple of months against some really tough competition. And, they, and it showed out. They had the right lineup at the right time. And, you know, Jefferson and Ola and those guys found out. Um, but these kids, I, I've, I've seen them in action so many times. I've got my son wrestles up there. So it, it's really, really intense. And you, you, you can see why they're winners. I mean, they are, they are attack first ask questions later. They're very intense. They're all, they're all in. Uh, it's a really good group of kids who work extremely hard. And I got to say, I got a really proud of Wyatt Harris. As coach Kuntz said, first year guy, not a lot of experience going against the guy who, who pinned him at the guerrilla warfare wrestling tournament that we had up there and to come back and beat him and, and win it all for everybody was a huge moment. Uh, but you know, big shout out to everybody on that team and the coaches. Once again, I'm not shocked at all. It's, almost to the dynasty point right now. And you got a shout out to Woodland as well, finishing third. You know, Bartow County Wrestling is at the top of the game in 5A right now. Yeah, great year for Woodland, third at the state, Adairsville ninth in AAA. Even Cartersville had uh, uh, has taken some nice strides with their program under former cast wrestler Sammy Rosario. Uh, all of those wrestling teams are now getting ready for the traditional portion of the schedule where individual wrestlers can advance through their respective weight class brackets and earn points toward a team score and possibly another state championship brought back to Cartersville and Bartow County. We'll take a break here on BSZ and be back with more of our local roundup. Elite Stone Supply can meet all your needs for outdoor lawn supplies and power equipment. But did you know they repair and service small engines? From string trimmers to lawnmowers, Elite has experience, tools, and service to keep your equipment running. Elite Stone Supply with Husqvarna mowers and everything you need to keep your property in great shape this season. Nine Baker Road and Joe Frank Harris Parkway just north of Cartersville across from Racetrack. Online at EliteStoneSupply.net. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Brad Stevens and David Coleman on the Zoom connection. Alan Sanders holding down the fort back in the WDHF studios. Let's turn our attention now to local high school basketball, starting with the girls teams. The Excel Christian girls are now four and eight on the year, two and four in their gaps region one. Uh, they lost to Unity Christian this past Monday. Uh, but then beat Praise Academy last night for their fourth win of the year. They have games next week, uh, one scheduled at least with Valor Christian. I'm not sure if that one's going to get played or not, but then they finish up the regular season at Unity Christian. The Adairsville girls are 14-7 and seven on the year, 8-2 and two in Region 6 AAA. They currently hold down the third-place spot in the region standings. They won at Ridgeland, Ridgeland on Tuesday night. They are hosting Region co-leader Kahula Creek tonight. Uh, they'll have at Lafayette at home against uh, another Region co-leader LFO next week. That's the two games, Lafayette and LFO next week. Uh, Nigeria Roberts and Aliyah McBride continue to be the scoring leaders for the Lady Tigers. Brad, I'll uh, bring you in here. Uh, the Adairsville girls, of course, we've seen the rise of that program under Melissa Winters uh, out there. And this year they are contending for one of the top seeds out of Region 6 AAA. Yeah, you can see the, the tide kind of rising up there. Coach Winters. You know, very intense coach, very good coach. You know, a lot of experience in the game. And, uh, you know, she's kept a good nucleus of girls up there. You know, how transfers and all that works. Well, they're not losing people anymore. And, and she's keeping people at home. And when you get a lot of people who mesh well uh, like that and, you know, with the game experience, it's paying off for them. And, you know, they, they took their lumps a couple of years ago and now they're in the mix. And it doesn't surprise me at all. I think it just goes – it's a testament to keeping people together and getting the team together instead of getting these one-and-done type deals. Moving on through the local girls scene, the Woodland girls are at 7-10 and 10 on the year, 0-5 in region play. They lost at Cass this past Tuesday. Uh, they play at Calhoun tonight, their week next week. 
They're at home against Hiram, and then they play at Cartersville one week from tonight. Megan Schultz has been the top player for the Lady Cats all season. Uh, Brad, real quickly, I know you got to see both Cass and Woodland earlier this week. Yeah, the Cass girls and Woodland girls squared off up at Cass. Uh, the Cass girls came away with a pretty good win there. Uh, you know, Woodland girls are just they're, they're, the struggle there is they just don't have a lot of size. Uh, it's hard for them to get rebounds. The Cass just out rebounded them big time and got a lot of second chance points. Uh, and, and a lot of those were three pointers when they kicked it out, and it just kind of got away from them. It's gonna it's a tough region right now. Uh, you know, they, it doesn't get any easier for Woodland. Uh, you know, I just if they can get a hot shooting hand. They might have a chance, but they've got to get some rebounds. Cass is 13 on the and uh, seven on the year, two and three in the region after beating Woodland on Tuesday night. And they picked up a big win last night against Hiram, who's typically one of the region contenders. Olivia Woods led a balanced scoring attack against Woodland. KK Evans also was one of the scorers in there. And then last night, Zion Hayes with a double double against Hiram. They are at Cartersville tonight, game that uh, WBHF will broadcast. And then next week, they're at home for two games. They play Calhoun and Dalton at home. So it'll be interesting, uh, Brad, to see if Burt Jackson's girls team can get it going here after losing their first three region games. Well, no time is better than now. You got to have it. Uh, that win over Hiram was one you have to have. I mean, you, the top four seeds go to state. Uh, the O Carsville won from the last game. You know they took, they lost. Uh, you know, and Carsville handled handled them pretty easily. So you know, Cass has got to do a better job in that game. They need to do a better job of getting more rebounds and, and being aggressive, and they can certainly do that. Uh, you know, you saw it against Woodland uh, and Hiram. So maybe they're getting hot at the right time. I know they don't like missing the state tournament. That's not the intention. They want to be competitive all the way to the end, and I feel like they can be. But tonight's going to be a tough one over at the Storm Center for them. Cartersville 11 and 9 on the year, 4 and 1 in the region. They did beat Hiram also on Tuesday. They're now tied with Calhoun and Dalton at 4 and 1 in the region. Sanai Camper had a double double for the Lady Canes, 20 points and 11 rebounds on Tuesday. So the Lady Canes are right now sitting atop the region 75A standings along with Calhoun and Dalton. That's going to be uh, quite the battle. For those three teams but remember now cartersville will get to host the region tournament in a couple of weeks over on the boys side the excel eagles are five and 16 on the year three and one in their gaps region one division one a they lost to unity christian on monday lost to the king's academy on tuesday and beat praise academy last night next week uh, they're hosting linden academy on tuesday and they'll play at unity christian on Thursday. The Adairsville boys are 12 and 9 on the year, 8 and 2 in the region. They won their sixth straight game on Tuesday with a win over Ridgeland. The Tigers are currently second in Region 6 AAA behind Kahula Creek, and that's who they play tonight at home. So a big game up at Adairsville. Xavier Snalls, Tay Jackson, Gabe Gib uh, Gomez, Ben Abernathy, Zach Postel. Uh, they've all been big contributors for Adairsville during that streak. And I've got to remember now the Tigers are playing without Trey Winters, have been without him most of the season. Next week they're at Lafayette and at home against LFO. Brad, this is an opportunity for Adairsville to possibly host the region tournament if they could beat Kahula Creek tonight and then uh, hold on down the stretch over the last handful of games the boys' number one seed gets to host the tournament. Yeah, I mean, you got to give your nod to Coach Disbro. I mean, that what a fantastic job without Trey Winters to be in this position. Imagine if Trey was playing. He's a fantastic athlete and a great basketball player. And, you know, Cola Creek's been pretty good for the last few years. But, you know, Daresville always comes up with some surprise out from under their sleeve. We've seen it the last couple of years. So I feel like they can pull this thing off and host the tournament. Woodland is 7-12 and 12 on the year, 1-4 and four in the region. They lost at Cass on Tuesday night. It was the Wildcats' fourth straight loss and their third straight in the region after knocking off Calhoun back on January the 12th. Uh, the rematch with the Yellow Jackets is tonight. Next week, Woodland hosts Hiram and plays at Cartersville. Zion Heath, Breelis Williams, Isaiah Livesey, and Jaden Metcalf have been the top contributors for Woodland. Cartersville's 8-11, and 4-1 in the region. They lost Tuesday night at home uh, in a 20-point loss to region leader Hiram, who's kind of separated from everybody else in the region. 
The Canes are 6-2 and two since December the 21st. They host Cass tonight in a rematch of what was a one-point game back on January the 12th. Next week, Cartersville has Dalton and Woodland. And then finally, Cass is at 5-10. and 10. They're 1-3 now in the region after holding off Woodland by three points on Tuesday night. Uh, they lost to Hiram in a one-sided game pretty much last night. And now they play at Cartersville. Next week, they have Calhoun and Dalton at home. So uh, it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of really close games in Region 7-5A. Uh, as all of those teams go head-to-head for the second loop through the regular season schedule at this point. And and then two weeks from now, we'll be talking about the region tournament at the Storm Center. It's time for a news break, and then we'll be back with more of BSZ. To win in sports, you need to adjust your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, can help you create a game plan for your financial goals. He'll help you look at the big picture and help you plan for your future. Call Derek at 770-386-4545 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Brad Stevens and David Coleman on the Zoom connection. Alan Sanders running the ship back in the WBHF studios. Let's turn our attention now to uh, some coaching changes out on the national scene and then closer to home as well. Jim Harbaugh leaves the national champion Michigan Wolverines to go coach the LA Chargers. Uh, Brad, I'm going to jump back to you right away because I know you're going to have a strong opinion on this. Is this an escape from a likely NCAA investigation into that uh, cheating scam? Uh, I'm I'm relatively certain that it's inevitable. Uh, it's something that's going to come down. He was looking for immunity from that with a contract with Michigan. It was already out there that he was doing that. I guess they wouldn't give him any kind of immunity, so he pieced out, uh, went to the left coast and called it a day. Um, you know, that – I don't know if they'll vacate the championship or whatever will come of this, but he didn't want to be anywhere near it when the fallout comes. He wanted to be as far away as he could get, and he did get as far away as he could get to San Diego. David, he's been uh, successful every step of the way and every position he's been in. Uh, Your take on this Jim Harbaugh taking the L.A. Chargers job. Well, I mean, he's always wanted to be in the NFL. He's tried to be in the NFL the whole time he's been at Michigan. Um, you know, he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to bring a national championship to him. Both young Buckler, their, you know, revered Vince Dooley-esque coach there, even of higher standard in, in Michigan, never won a national championship. Though I'll argue there's never been a national championship before they started this playoff stuff because it was always subjective. Um, you know, if Earl down at the convenience store called Alabama national championship, they'd make a trophy and stick it in the case. So uh, it's, uh, you know, Harbaugh is an NFL coach. Uh, He knows it. Everybody knows it. Apparently, athletic director and he do not get along at all. Um, So it was just a matter of time. It was a good time to get out, accomplish what he wanted to accomplish, and now he'll go get fired from San Diego in a couple of years. (laughs) Well, there's a new hire for the Atlanta Falcons as well, and it uh, is a familiar name and a former interim head coach of the Falcons. Uh, in uh, Raheem Morris. Uh, I don't know uh, what was going on exactly in all of that hiring process. Arthur Blank may have been trying to set a new Guinness Book of World Records uh, for the greatest number of coach interviews. 14 different people interviewed for that job, and at least three of those were called back for second interviews. And of course, Falcons management decided yesterday to return to Raheem Morris to guide the Falcons. He was currently serving as the Rams defensive coordinator. He's 47 years old. He was the interim head coach in 2020 for the final 11 games after Dan Quinn was fired. He was also a head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three seasons before that, where he went 17 and 31. He was only four and seven in the interim stint with the Falcons 
and Atlanta has not had a winning season since 2017. So, David, I'll turn to you here. Uh, what went on with that hiring? And uh, it looked like there was a possibility they were going to bring a big name in, and then they end up turning back to a person that has already been here before. Uh, I think we just hired Marion Campbell back to be the head coach of the Tigers. <laughs> I mean, this is the big splash that we were promised. Yeah. Uh, once again, listen, maybe he's going to turn out to be a very fine coach. Uh, sure. I don't know why us and the Buccaneers keep trading coaches after they've proven themselves to be incompetent in their current location. Uh, we've done it again. Um, I don't, I don't even have a comment. I guess every, my crying is enough of a comment. Well, I'm not sure uh, what happened in the Bill Belichick uh, situation. He was brought back in for a second interview, Brad. But, uh, I mean, they went through a lot of people. Most recently, Mike Vrabel, uh, the former Titans head coach. But 14 different people interviewed at least uh, remotely, you know, with uh, Zoom like we're on this morning. But uh, – it just seemed like we were promised a big splash and, and we end up with sort of the same old, same old. I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think Morris is a better hire than Belichick because, for, you know, at least there might be some longevity there if, if he is successful. I mean, Belichick's 71 years old. Uh, you know, I don't know. He hasn't had a lot of success the last couple of years out of New England, and I don't know how long he would last in Atlanta. I don't know if he's a fit down there. and I, don't, I really wouldn't think he would be. Um, I'm kind of like everybody else. It's kind of a, it was supposed to be a splash. And it was more like a drop <laughs> in the, in the puddle, but, 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 uh, but, you know, I, I'm not pulling against the guy. I hope he's successful, but I know a lot of people who are major Falcons fans that are really let down right now. Uh, but there's a lot of former players that I'll say this for, that played for Morris that are coming out of the woodwork saying, Hey, believe in this guy. We really like him. He's going to do good things in Atlanta. Just give him the time and the resources he needs. So, you know, I'm going to go with the players and say, hey, give the guy a chance. Uh, you sure. know, I know he's a big name, but, you know, it's uh, I think it's a better hire than Belichick. And you really can't go by the four and seven interim stint. There were obviously problems there with that roster and and with the makeup of that team when he was uh, put in the position to take over for Dan Quinn. So, yeah, uh, I agree. We need to give Raheem Morris the opportunity, give him a chance, and uh, we'll see how things play out. Uh, with the Falcons as they move forward. I know that uh, Alan Sanders back in the studios, he's always a big uh, Falcons follower. He's probably a little disappointed with this one. Uh, Alan, you got a comment? Here? Well, I mean, Brad basically said everything. I mean, you 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 get the Falcons out there. We're going to make a big splash. It's going to be big. We're going to do something. And it's Raheem Morris. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last, I mean, I, I was uh, wrong. I thought they would make a Belichick move, which would have made no sense because it would only been a, maybe a two-year move. Right. But then they could have at least run on, hey, we've got Bill Belichick, right? But, nope, right. they didn't even do that. Yeah, so a uh, little frustration maybe at the beginning here, but we'll see how they get things turned around. Real quickly, before we get to the break, I want to jump over to you real quick. We got. I'll give you about 30 seconds. Sports Illustrated. Uh, basically lays off the entire staff. That was a brand that was uh, one of the most storied magazines out there. It looks like uh, it may be disappearing. Oh, it's going to be gone. And, you know, it, we're in that digital age and people aren't picking up magazines anymore and they lost a lot of good writers and people moved away. And that's what you get. I'm really going to miss it. I miss the, I love the covers and everything all the years. You wouldn't believe how many we have growing up but my dad kept every one of them and i'm certainly going to miss sports illustrated for that it's very nostalgic for me it was very sad when that came across uh my page and you know i hate to see them go but uh they did not keep up with the times and now they're going to be gone we'll take a break and be back with more of barco sports Club. Hi, this is Charles Wilson of BartosportZone.com, inviting you to join us each Friday morning from 710 to 9 a.m. for the Barto Sports Zone radio show. We'll interview local coaches, visit with sports personalities, and discuss the hot topics in the world of sports. So join the Barto Sports Zone team Friday mornings on WBHF and keep up with your local sports news at BartosportZone.com.
Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Brad Stevens and David Coleman on the Zoom connection. Alan Sanders back in the WBHF studios. Let's turn our attention for a moment here, guys, to college football and some transfer portal issues I want to talk about. You know, uh, of course, Nick Saban uh, leaving Alabama. Uh, he may have done some unintentional damage to the Alabama program with the timing of his uh, retirement. You know, it felt like at the time he was really doing the program a favor by the way he timed things out with his leaving. But uh, there was possibly some unintended consequences there because the team, uh, those players had 30 days after the coach leaves to enter the transfer portal. The problem with that was the majority of the players who had left other programs for the portal may have already made decisions and landed at their eventual site. So those players go into the portal to leave Alabama and there's nobody in the portal for Alabama to replace them with. So uh, it made for maybe some unintended consequences because of the timing of his retirement. David, your thoughts on the transfer portal and the timing and the scheduling and any changes that probably need to come forward? Well, I mean, I, I, they certainly need to change the NIL portal in regards to timing. It needs to occur after the season's over, before spring practice. Um, maybe we'll have a better participation rate in some of the bowl games. Uh, you know, when FSU doesn't show up for uh, – an orange bowl. I mean, that's just an indictment of the whole system. Uh, without a doubt, I think Saban leaving was uh, the way he did. He, he wasn't thinking about anything but himself uh, in that regard. And, and I've always thought he suspiciously may be more of a narcissist than we thought. And uh, that move uh, kind of indicates that uh, there was no thought process whatsoever to how it was going to affect the Alabama program, in my opinion. Uh, but there probably isn't a good time to leave, and at least he didn't do a fairway, uh, farewell tour uh, season where he tells everybody it's his last season. That would probably have been more detrimental to their uh, high school recruiting. Brad, I know that uh, the opt-outs will probably diminish quite a bit because you'll have 12 teams in the playoffs now it probably won't be much of a factor in the teams that are in just the other bowl games. They're going to be excited to be in those bowl games because they, you know, that's further down the line. They really weren't competing for a national championship, most likely anyway. Uh, but your take on the timing of Saban's departure and how that played out with the transfer portal this time. Well, the abruptness of the way he left leads me to believe that something else is going on behind the scenes with this man. Um, I don't know what that might be. I've heard a number of stories, something about his wife and her health, which I completely understand that. So, uh, lots of other things. But, yeah, I mean, he kind of left them in the lurch. It was obviously not a thought-out process because they would know all this time frame stuff, and they would know that the portal was closing up pretty quick, and they would lose people and not replace them. I think they've had five transfers in three from Washington that came along with DeBoer and then uh, a guy from USC and a guy from Texas A&M. I think that's it. We've got some talent coming in, but they lost a ton going out. And uh, I think next year is going to be a funny year for them. Um, I mean, I'm not ever going to count them out because of their, their tradition and they're always, been, they're tough and sure. they're back against the wall, um, you know, but they don't have him anymore and he's not coming back. So, you know, I think the timing was curious in that I think that it, it was not thought out because they had no idea he was going to do that. He walked in the office and said, I got to walk and I'm walking today. I think that's what happened. And Alabama had to scramble and find somebody. And when Dan Lanning told him, no, they went into full panic mode. Well, they end up, uh, you know, uh, hiring the Washington coach DeBoer to come in and we'll see. We'll give him, uh, like we said with Raheem Morris, we'll give him the opportunity to see if he can uh, get that uh, program back to its uh, almost annual state of competing for one of the top spots in the country. Really quickly on our way out, the Baseball Hall of Fame class this time will be three players. And of course, uh, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer. They will join Jim Leyland in the Baseball Hall of Fame 2024 class. The Hall announced uh, yesterday 
Uh, Beltrade, 95.1% of the votes. Maurer, 76%. They go in as first ballot Hall of Famers. Helton at 79% made it on his sixth try. But the big news for me out of all of that, David, real quickly, about 20 seconds, it looks like the Braves' Andrew Jones, who finished uh, sixth in the voting, he's in a great position to finally make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, um, he'll make it in when, uh, what do they call it, the, the veterans vote or whatever down the road. Um, because he was the finest center fielder in the game uh, of his era, and I'll argue the purest center fielder that ever played the game. I can't think of anybody else better. He, play, he basically played second base and could retreat on a ball better than anybody I've ever seen. 